Um, I am so excited that you have decided to come on here. Are you in South Africa? Are you in Dubai? Where are you currently? I'm currently in South Africa. Oh my gosh. I, I think would do anything to be in South Africa right now. No, not right now. Right right now, South Africa, the pandemic's really like intense here. So the energy is not at its best at all. So it's like I was really? in Dubai. Yeah, I was in Dubai. Um when was I? I was in Dubai like two weeks ago. The energy there was very different from here because there was much less fear. There was much less anxiety. So because people were kind of like, oh, it does. it's not a big deal, which is not the greatest idea either. However, it's still better than like the fear that's surrounding South Africa right now, you know? So, yeah. Is everything in lockdown for you? Well, no. So it's, it's been interesting because it's kind of in between. So it's like, okay, there's a curfew 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. And there's a, so which means between 9 p.m. and 5 a.m. you're not allowed out. Um, everything's open, but like gatherings are limited. Uh, funerals are only allowed 50 people. Uh, gatherings, I don't know, it's a bit confusing with the gatherings because there's there's certain, you know, restrictions and certain not. So it's pretty interesting. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah. thank you for making time and being on the other side of the world and in a different time frame. So I will try to make this as quick and sweet as I possibly can. And I just wow. have so many questions for you. And you are just such a fascinating, fascinating human being. And how did you meet Bryant? So Bryant and I met uh, in 2019 at the Bullet, Bulletproof Convention, uh, the biohacking convention in um, in LA. So I I love to travel. I mean, like that's just something I enjoy. But I usually travel mostly for like either work or for like conferences or um, learning opportunities. Like I love personal growth and development. It's a passion of mine. So I'm always into, you know, you say like, okay, there's this event, it's in this part of the world. I'm like, game, let's go, you know? Yep. So let's do it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now I'm signing up. No, like no hesitation. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, so COVID's been interesting because obviously there's limitations in that. However, like somehow everything has its place, you know? So it's been an interesting experience. Um, so I met him in 2019, March 2019, and I was supposed to go to go in 2020 to the biohacking convention, but it got canceled and postponed to this year. And yeah, we'll have to see what happens this year. So it's supposed to be in April. I, oh my gosh! Well, I I have to be there as well. Then if you're you going to be there, I have you to do. meet you in person. That would oh be amazing. Gosh. So how did you how did you even get into biohacking? So that was pretty interesting. Um, someone actually introduced me, a friend of mine from Canada. Um, she She's a psychic, actually. So it's funny because, uh, you know, I, I end up meeting the most interesting people at conferences. I met her at an NLP conference. We, we probably didn't even say much to each other during the conference, which is interesting. But after the conference, it was like Facebook kept connecting us somehow. We connected in Facebook. And then we kept reconnecting somehow and just chatting, you know, and it was even more than we did in person. And since then, like we've been in a lot of contact and because she's a psychic, she would sometimes like say, oh, I have like a message for you or whatever. 
And um, and the one day she was just saying to me, have you ever heard of Bulletproof? You know, and I was like, actually, no. So she was like, you know, you should check out Bulletproof Coffee. It's really interesting. And you should check out biohacking. And I was like, wow. So it was like kind of like in a way her message to me. So I started looking it up and it was very much down my natural instinct alley, if that makes sense. Because I was very much into mm-hmm. anti-aging, longevity, keeping my body young, keeping my you know, my skin good. And I was already in that field. It was just like taking me to the next step. So, um, so that's how, that's how I ended up looking into biohacking. And then, oh man, I was like, there's a convention in March. Yay, I'm going, done. You know what I'm saying? So exactly like yeah. that. I was like, it wasn't about, it was like you, the best way to learn is to immerse yourself in something. That's the way I completely agree. Yeah. yeah. I completely agree with that. And I find that at least for me, I'm someone that is a terrible in quote unquote student because sitting in a room, I can't quite focus. I don't have ADD or anything, but I just can't quite absorb it the way that I could if I was traveling and being immersed in culture, being immersed in whatever I'm trying to learn and and feel because unless I feel it and I feel that energy, it's just like my wires cross and they just don't follow through. So you, so you mean, so you mean for you, like online and stuff is not the same as in person and feeling and enjoying it. Same. I, you know what happens to me? I sign up for online things and then I never follow through and I never complete them because I just can't sit there on a blank screen and just, it's like, what? Like this is taking, it's just like boring. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, I love the information and stuff, but it just doesn't feel that immersion. It doesn't feel that passionate. I, I like connection. I like meeting people mm-hmm. and just feeling that energy and that vibe, you know? So for me, I'm the same. Completely. And I think that what's so amazing and the positive thing that I'm taking from COVID is that I used to record in a studio here in Los Angeles and I was very lucky to have friends that lived nearby that would come and do it. But no one was really, uh, not that I'm great at technology, but nobody would want to come on and do a Zoom interview or it not even in Europe or anything far away, just even if they were in New York or Chicago. And right. it was so hard to set up. But now because Zoom has become the new norm, right, we're able to have a conversation. You're in South Africa. I'm in Los Angeles. And we're having a conversation about biohacking. I mean, right. it doesn't get any cooler than that. And this is an opportunity that we wouldn't be able to have unless we were to meet at a convention. And sure. even at that, I'm not going to be packing my, you know, recording booth with me and bringing it to the Hilton or the Hyatt, sure. you know, convention center, you know. So I think that that is um, – it is so special and and fun, but I do miss people so much. I, I find there's nothing better than a human connection and actually being able to hug each other and feel yeah. and, and get that energy. Also remind me, I want to get that psychic's name after this interview because Definitely. that sounds right up my alley. She's so amazing. What, where did you even start in your career with mental health? Was this something that was always a passion for you? Was it something that you kind of fell into? So I would say it was definitely more of a passion for me because what you know, sometimes you forget you you forget the things you did when you were young. You forget who you were. You just kind of grow and you like look past who you were when you were younger, right? So like 
I started to think, I think it was at UBW when I, when I got that, like, you know, that, oh my God, I forgot about that moment, you know, when I was like 16 and I was telling my dad the one day, I was like, you know, I think we should have like a conference, like a big event, you know, with only teenagers, boys and girls, you know, and we should have people talk to them and explain to them that they shouldn't be judging each other and they shouldn't be like, you know, bringing each other down. They should be building each other up and can't we like get along better and be be, be good and kind to each other. And I was telling him like, I really want to do that. But like, you know, there was a lot of fear in me of judgment again, you know. So that fear of judgment made me think that, or like that, that, that fear to step up and just do something always kept me back. So I wouldn't like, really follow through but I talk about it a lot and I would be like I really want to do this it was such a passion but I didn't right and I continued and then I ended up getting married at 19 and then I um oh I, my gosh <laughs> I mean I still feel like you look like you're 19 so Aww, <laughs> when I saw you. you have a 20 year old son I still don't believe it so. <laughs> I know it's, it's I still have to process that actually he's getting engaged this weekend so it's even crazier because now I'm going to be a mother-in-law and it's like wait what oh is God. going on you're I'm like serious. this is happening way too fast <laughs> I was I was like can you give me time to process at least you know so it's just yeah. funny but um so yeah so I got I got married and I started to have kids but you know I was always into personal growth and motivation it was just my natural style even like I, I remember the one day a school friend reached out because you know I do holistic healing I do energy yes. healing, yeah, and I, I also um, do psychic healing as well, but from a different, a little different perspective, more from a healing sense, you know, and it's more like channeling and downloads, you know, that come through and, and intuition, and I do NLP training and things like that, right? So um, one of my one of my old school friends or like uh, classmates, let's say, she contacted me and she said, you know, I really want you to uh, help my sister. So I said, sure. And she said, uh, you know, I trust you because I remember how you were in school and you were always the one who I felt like we could come for advice to. And I was like, really? Like, wow, I don't remember that. But, you know, people remember you for certain things. And she was like, yeah, I used to always give really good advice. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. And I was always one like in school, like I was never with like one group. Like I always wanted to be with everyone. So I never had like a specific group. My brother-in-law used to like, you know, in South Africa, you can't really just go girls alone somewhere or something because it's not safe. So like, my sister was married and she used to like, they used to take us to the movies or something. And he used to say, how do you have different people you go with every single weekend? Like every weekend you have someone new you bring with, you know, because I liked, I liked doing that. I liked, I liked being with different people. It was my, it was my, it was my way. It was my style, including everyone just. You know, I don't know, just being more open to everyone, you know. So, um, yeah, and then I, and then I, you know, continued down the path uh, later in life. After I had like my first child, I was like, look, you know what? Now I have to do something. I did lots of courses in between, but that was just for myself. Like uh, Robin Sharma's course, he was here in South Africa in person. I did Deepak Chopra, he was also here in person, um, and there was. Ken Blanchard. In fact, he even offered me an internship to come to come wow. to USA, but I couldn't. I had like a one-year-old, so I was like, uh, okay, because I was young. I was twenty, but I had a little kid, and it was like, okay. But 
so I didn't do those things, but you know, I continued and I was, I was fine. It was part of life and I just carried on. And when I had my first child, I was like, you know what? Now I have to do something because like in the field that I want to be. And it's like, it's like, I really want to learn more healing modalities and I want to grow. I need to, you know, it was like a necessary now, you know? So my husband supported that and he said, sure, go ahead. And I finally said, okay, this is it. And I, I went and I went full force, like to the point where like, it was like every weekend, a new course, like I was just going, it was like, you know, I was ready and it was just like sponge, just eating it all up. I absolutely oh. loved it. And There's nothing me, better like, than that, right? Yeah. There's nothing better than that. Nothing. Absolutely. That that passion you it's, feel and you're ready. Was you know? your husband in was your husband in the mental health field or was he like, where did this come from? My wife is just like just on another level right now. <laughs> well, you know, he always he always knew me. I was always a person who wanted to help people. So I always like in a way, I would call it like a fixer. And it's funny because there's this modality called life print that I did. And, and, uh, I, my archetype is a fixer. So it's like, I'm, I'm always ready to fix, you know, and to sort things out. Like it, I, I don't like seeing broken things. So I like to help. And I, I, I like want to give you advice and I want to help you. And I want to see if I can find you a solution. It was just always how I was until I realized that, you know, not everybody wants a solution, dude. Like you need to step back, you know, sometimes you need to let people complain how much they want because they don't actually want a solution. And it's just where they want to stay right now, you know? Um, so he knew who I was like, in, it's my natural state. And I think I'd been talking about it for years because every time I'm ready, I'm like, I want to do this course. And then I'm like, oh, but I'm breastfeeding this one. Oh, but I'm pregnant with that one. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah. okay, go now, do your thing, you know. But he didn't always believe in everything I did, meaning he believed in me. And he was was open for me to do what I liked. But he never really uh, necessarily believed in everything until he saw results, you know. So when he started to right. see something – then he started to be like, oh, wow, okay, this is cool. Like, you know, so it's like, yeah. My wife is a magician. <laughs> He'd he, he go like, okay, can't you just like click your fingers and make this go away? I'll be like, it's not that simple, you know, but okay. <laughs> if you believe it is, sure, I can, you know. Right, right. Yeah. And with the holistic healing that you do, I would love to talk more about that. I think that there is nothing better than that. That is something that my husband personally believes in. He chooses holistic medicine. He chooses, you know, Eastern medicine anytime that he possibly can way more than, and same with my mother. My mom is all about holistic healing and I haven't really spoken about that enough, um, on the podcast. So I would love to just pick your brain and absorb it like a sponge right now. And sure. was that something that you learned in a course? Was there a special um, teacher or shaman or someone that, that taught you that really put you on that path, finding you being a fixer, right? As quotes and going in that, that direction. So, so, so initially I started off like when I was young, like let's say I was 12, I went for something called, um, it was Peter Haybloom's Alpha Mind Power, or it wasn't, I don't know if it was called Alpha Mind Power, but it was called Mind Power Training. And it was also about the Alpha State, which is the training that I do, that I do now, right? As well for, mm-hmm. for people, I give them training in Alpha State Training. But I, I did it as young as like 12. I'm pretty sure he wasn't thrilled having us in the class giggling, but you know, it was good for us. So we learned, you know, yeah. 
And even if you're, whatever you're absorbing, we absorb. So like, um, so I went for that training probably like three times because my dad always made it come back and back and back, you know. So it was, it was great because I grew up in, like my dad was always into, um, into this type of thing, um, mostly from personal growth and mindsets and things like that. Because when he was, when I was young, like four, he had a, he had a car accident and, um, they told him he wouldn't walk again. And so he, he, he was told he broke like almost every bone in his um, lower body. He broke his jaw. Oh he was like, it was really bad. So what happened was the, the doctor who told him he can't drive again and he couldn't even talk. So he, so he, he asked someone to call his dad or he wrote down or whatever. And he told his dad that he, he wants him, he wants to be out of that hospital. Now he needs another doctor. He doesn't want to be with that doctor because that doctor told, kept repeating that he's never going to walk again. So he doesn't want a doctor like that, right? So he, so they actually took him via, like, um, with a, with a, like, you know, I don't know, airlifted him and took him to another hospital or whatever. I don't know how they got him out of there, but it wasn't easy process. I think they airlifted him, took him to another hospital. And this doctor, he told, the doctor told him, you're not going to, he said, I will. And when he said he, he will, the doctor said, okay, we'll work towards that. So the doctor didn't say like, no, you never will. The doctor was more positive. And, and honestly, said, like, yeah, on a side note, that is such a game changer, because even if, you know, the odds are, let's say he was never going to walk again, yeah. just hearing it in your mind at least gives you the hope and gives yes. you the belief to try to live your best life and try to fight because yes. it's, it's so important. I think it's so wrong. It, it, there's a part where you have to be realistic, but it's also wrong to just be so negative about it all the time. Cause you're never yes. going to have any hope to try to evolve and try to fix, you know, what, what you were given and, and born with anyway. So please go on. Sorry. Yeah, no, exactly. You're, you're a hundred percent correct. And so based, uh, even if you look at that concept, exactly what you said, right. Um, you said you have to be realistic, which is true. Right. However, even if someone tells you you're not going to walk again and you say, no, I will, and then they said, let's do our best. They're not saying you definitely will. They're saying, okay, let's give it our best. So they're giving you some form of hope, but not unrealistic hope, you know? So right. in a sense, like it's, it's moving forward, you know? So anyways, so which is, which is ideal, which is what we ideally need is hope, some form of hope, you know? Mm. In any case, so when he, when he continued to try, um, he did his physio, he did everything, he pushed and, and he, and he could, could start, he started to move his knees eventually, you know, and the doctor was shocked. The doctor told him, even if he walked again, he would never go, you know, in our prayer positions, one is like going flat, like going down on the ground with bending your right. knees. So he told him he would never go into that position again. So he told him after he could walk, he told him, okay, you won't be able to bend your knees completely. He said, I will. So he did it. And till now, my dad's like 75, 76, and he, he, he can bend his legs. He's 75. Yeah. He can bend his legs. He can go down. He does everything. And he walks wow. everything. And so, just, it's all through mental healing as well. Yes. Men, like the mindset. So because like he went through that and he had this mindset thing and then he, pushed through and he continuously listened to all these, you know, mind power trainings and Ken Blanchard, Deepak Chopra, um, John Kihu, 
like Tony Robbins, like, you know, that time he was Anthony Robbins, you know, like, so like all these different speakers were like normal for us in our home. You know what I mean? We grew up with that. Right. And so it was very different for me in that sense. Like it, it was from when I was young, I always grew up in that space. And then even when I was young, I always felt like I saw things, but I thought it was my imagination. You know, I would think, uh, no, you're making stuff up. And I'd carry on like as though it was like this whole dream state or it was just fun. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But like, it's only later in life, like only like, like now in the last seven, eight years where I've realized that it was probably all what I was seeing, you know, and I just didn't know it was reality, you know? So, absolutely. Um, like, so then I, I, so you asked about the, like, if I studied a specific modality, yes, in the beginning, in order to get into the field, I learned modalities because I was mm. still pretty much left brain. And if you left brain, you need to balance that left, right? You, you need something more concrete. You just don't want like woo woo. You know, it just feels like nothing and it's just woo woo, you know? Right. And right, then you're right, like, you're right. like, what is this? It doesn't even work. But if something, <laughs> something's a modality and it has a process and it has some kind of structure, it just makes you more, um, you know, more able to believe in what you do. So I started off by studying body talk. Body talk is a is a healing modality. It's you know it it takes um uh, you know it's comprised of different philosophies like um, ac- acupuncture, Chinese medicine, uh, EFT, kinesiology, and it 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 takes all these different philosophies and combined it into a modality. So it's very interesting, but um. It's different, but it's it's kind of structured, but but not at the same time. So you have like a right. protocol chart, but then you also uh, have to follow your intuition, and you're also guided by pop ups and stuff, right? So like right. pop ups being right. like you know just you know boom, you know what I mean? Um, however, initially you start off by doing it more from a formal side, more like you know structured, and then it grows. And not everybody's different. Like some people will actually get it and other people will fall out. So we had like a class. On the class I went to, there were 30 people. Maybe three actually followed, continued in that direction, you know? So, yeah, it was like, and then I did, I just continuously did other modalities, healing ones as well as like NLP, which is like, you know, more mindset based. And it's also a form of healing because you have the hypnosis type. What right? does NL, NLP stand for? Neurolinguistic programming. Okay. So neurolinguistic programming is about how we program ourselves with our speech. So everything we say has an impact. So to give you an example, right? Let's say someone comes to me and they're depressed or they're feeling disappointed or broken. And they're like, everybody hates me. Just so It's like a common phrase, right? Everybody hates me. And then I would go, everybody? And they'd go like, yes, everybody. And I'll go like, okay, really? Everybody? Then they'll go like, well, not my mom, you know? Or, yeah, my sister doesn't hate me. Or this one doesn't hate me. Now they start to be like, okay, maybe not everybody. See, because they generalized and it made it 10 times worse than it needed to be. See? Mm -hmm. A lot of the time, what's happening is that we're problem stacking. So we're taking like 10 different problems that have nothing to do with each other, piling them one on top of the other, and then we have like a burden this high. Instead of being like, okay, that's happening at work. This is happening in my relationship. This is happening with my friends. 
this is happening with my landlord. I'm just saying, like, you know, they're all different things. They're not connected. They have nothing to do with each other. Let's leave them and, and sort them out one by one separately. Let's not take them and then go like pile it up and like, oh my God, I have so many things on top of me. See? And when because you Because that's that, when it becomes yeah, it becomes overwhelming and you can't even handle and you don't even know where to start to fix the problem exactly. and fix the way that the conversation starts. You know, it's it's I don't know if this is the same thing, but it's always when I, 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 I used to say all the time, well, I can't do that and I can't do this and I, you know, am not able to do. And I had to consciously and subconsciously re-trigger and re not re-trigger, retrain my brain to be like, yeah. well, I may not know how to do this, but I can learn to try to do it yeah. or I can learn to change my behavior. And, and you're right. So that's all, all that programming. And I think that that is so important for people, um, to hear and to learn. And is that something that you work with your clients on? Is that one of your specialties? Yes. Yeah, so for example, let, let me give you another example. Let's say, so let's say I say, don't spill the milk. What happened? Let me ask you what exactly happened right now. What, did you have a visual? Did you have anything? Did anything come up for you? What happened? I saw the milk spilling on the table. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. So the thing is that, the thing is, when you say don't spill the milk, right, a lot of the time you'll notice the child is holding, instead of saying don't spill the milk, because you're actually telling them to spill the milk, because the visual impact is that you see the milk spilling. So now you, right. it's almost like you work towards the visual, right, because your visual is what you end up doing, right? Whereas if you say, be careful, walk slowly and, you know, and put, be careful with the milk, the the visual is be careful with the milk, not spill the milk. And walking with it. Right, right. Right. And almost like a balancing act. <laughs> do do you understand? So it's like it's like it's interesting that we we use these ne negative commands, right? But they can be given in different ways. So for example, some kids actually take negative commands. So if you tell them, Don't go brush your teeth, they go brush their teeth. Right. They kind of do right. the opposite. Because for them, when they visually see not like, oh, don't go brush your teeth, they see brush teeth, okay, and then they go and brush their teeth. So it's interesting because there's certain things, there's, there's certain times certain people respond specifically to negative commands. So you have to kind of like play with it and see, um, you know, see what works for you. But it's just interesting how, you know, how the process works, how our brain works how we can reframe something from a negative to a positive. Like you said, I can maybe, like, I can't do it right now, but I could learn to do it, right? So mm -hmm. it doesn't mean I can't do it now. I cannot learn to do it. That's a reframe. Right, right. And with the healing that you do, let's use me for an example, and I go in there, um, it is the healing process where you work, you know, on your, your brain, on the physical appearance of your body? Do you do snapping and get the energy clearing? What is it that, um, I don't know if you know this, but I'm bipolar. I have bipolar okay. one disorder and I always go into, um, not even just healers, but when I go into, you know, different doctors and different people, um, in the mental health field, 
some of them don't know what to do with that. And I'm like, well, I'm just a human with something a little different, you know? Is there anything that you would recommend uh, for me specific or, you know, with PTSD or, um, you know, depression? Is there something that you, not like it's a one answer solution, right? But, But is there something that you specifically like zone into when you work with people with a chemical imbalances almost. So I would, so the first thing I want to say is that the, that, that the most important to me is never take on that archetype. So I always okay. tell you disconnect from it. It's not you. It doesn't have to be part of you. You understand right. what I'm trying to say? It doesn't so define me. Yes. Like really doesn't define you. So you shouldn't be saying like I'm bipolar. So it's better to say I have bipolar disorder or like, um, right. like you know what I'm saying? It's like saying I'm a diabetic. You've already taken right. on an archetype of I have diabetes is a bit better because it's not like I am. So when you become right. I am, it's like it is who I am. It's me. You're now. owning it. Right. You're owning right. it. You're taking it on as, as, as okay, this is who I am and it's not going to change. It's I am. Do you understand? So when you when you 100%. disconnect from it, it's easier to shift that than when it's when it's stuck on you. Right. That's that's something right. that that I that I stand by very you know very much. So that's the first thing I always tell people is that keep it separate from you. You are okay. I didn't even ask you how it's spell your how do I pronounce your name. I'm going to say Alessandra, but I don't know. You say it perfectly. I am I am the one that is just awful with names and I even will mess up someone's name that's named Bob. So, you know, I am just the worst. <laughs> no, my name my name you you got it's it's that's that's normal. Like everybody messes it up here. Not unique to that. Like everybody, okay? It's funny. So, anyways, um like for example, you that's who you are. You are Alessandra. You're not bipolar. Do you understand what I'm right. saying? Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's, it's funny because when the kids say, uh, like, it's a joke, but when they say, I'm hungry, then we go like, oh, hi, hungry. Nice to meet you. I'm Rikea. <laughs> so it's funny because then they go like, no, no, I am. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm just, I just want to eat. Like, you know, it's funny because it's just <laughs> a joke. But do you get my point? It's like, I am. You know what I'm saying? So right. for me, that's very important. Secondly, like how I work with that is, I treat it exactly like I would and I go from into it like and from a completely neutral perspective. Like I have no opinion of it. I don't even like to do over research on things because I don't like having an opinion on things. I like coming from no expectation and just being like, you know, neutral towards it. Okay, cool. That's what you have. Cool. Let's do let's let's work on you. Right? Whatever comes whatever comes from it, amazing. Whatever does come from it, it's part of your journey. Right? Right. So, so that's how I see it. Uh, I know that like if things don't shift in a person and things don't improve in a specific way they'd hoped, there's either a lesson they need to learn from that and actually take the lesson and learn it and acknowledge it, or it's part of their journey. And even if it's part of their journey, there's a purpose for it, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say someone were having mental health issues and their purpose was to help other people with mental health issues. Maybe that's their purpose and they need it for them to feel like they can help other people with that. But if they, you know, they don't always have to own it though. Do you, do you right. get what I mean? Right. Like, right. like 
that's some kind of a pattern I've seen lately where, um, you know, people who help for mental health issues always feel they have to have had something. That's the mm-hmm. only way they can help people. It's not the only way. You can help people even if you didn't have a mental health issue. Then I noticed that people start taking on mental health issues because they so strongly believe that they need to be, um, you know, have mental health issues in order to help other people. So it's like proving, yeah. like it's I like a a proof lot. of it, you know? Right. So, so, and I'm not referring to doctors or, or like, you know, the usual. I'm talking about general people, like maybe healers right. or um, just just people who help with mental health issues, right? And, um, or coaches for that matter, right? Um, however, for me, it's just like coming from neutral. It's like, okay, so we work with it. You tell me, okay, what are you going through? You give me your three top, uh, I want to, I like to call it agendas. Like it's what's my agenda for the session, what I would like to have an outcome with, what I would like to see change. However, when I do the session, your body has its own agenda as well. Because your body has priorities it would like to deal with. So I'm connecting with your body and not you, you see. So I'm, I'm bypassing your conscious mind and I'm con- con- I'm focused more on the subconscious mind. So mm-hmm. sometimes things will come up like, oh, I, I, you wouldn't have told me. You, maybe you'll tell me uh, I want to work on, uh, you know, improving certain of my symptoms. Or I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't research the stuff intentionally, right? So... You, you say, okay, I want to work on how I react to certain things. I want to work on how I, how I, you know, how I process when I'm having an episode or how I, how I react to people when I'm, when I'm in the middle of something, you know? Um, and if you say that, your agenda. But maybe in the session, it would come up that, oh, uh, you know, I've, you've been getting headaches. Have you been, you know, have you been getting headaches lately? You know, is your lower back okay? Because I get that there's a little bit of like a muscle pull in your lower back or like, you know, certain things will come up or like it will say um, there's lymph drainage requirements in a certain area of your body. And obviously when we're, when we, when I'm touching on these things and not just telling them to you like a psychic and saying, okay, go sort it out by a doctor. Right. We're really, we're releasing the energy of it in your body at the same time. So when I bring it up in a session, the session is in order to release it. So it comes up, mm-hmm. we release it and we move on. I also don't like right. recording the sessions, nor do I like writing anything down. And I ask my clients also not to write things down. Because I feel like when you're writing it down, you st- you actually putting the energy back in the paper and you're holding on to it instead of letting it go. So I want that energy wow. to be released right. from you. And we don't want to like kind of like hold it in. And I don't want you to go back and read it. It's, don't even bring it up again. It's gone. Once we dealt with it in this session, move on. Let's. Don't right. come to me in the next session and go like, oh, you remember you said this? I don't remember. I don't even yeah. want to remember. So do you get right. my point? We, yeah. We, what happened there has nothing to do with today. So now today we start new. We start fresh. What's going on with you? That's how we take steps forward. So we're not continuously looking back. Right? Right. And, and when you right. get stuck in what happened in the last session, you're not really moving forward because what you're doing is you're still holding on to what I said then which means you're holding on to the energy of everything that we just released. Right, right. No, I I, I truly believe that. And it's even in like simple things, right? You know, 
going through a breakup, right? For example, like being in a relationship and holding on to that and going over and over and over and you can talk it out, but then going back and even speaking to your friend and be like, well, what do you think about this? And then you talk to someone else and what about this? Instead of just letting it go and and moving forward. And I always say this because as an actress, right, I have multiple auditions a week and I, I had this pattern years ago where I would go over and over and go, hmm, well, the producer looked at me funny. So maybe he was thinking this. I wonder if I got it. You know what? I should call my manager. I should see what the feedback was. And I learned at a point where when I walked out of a room, I would take the script and I would throw it away because you know what? There's nothing I can do. I did the best that I can. There's no going back. We can't go back to the, you know, past tense. We need to move on to the future. Because if you hold that negativity in you, it just will recirculate. It'll drive you mad. Um, so it is the same sort of thing. It is just the release. But I love the not writing down aspect of it all because it's it's true because at least I know for myself, I would go back to the paper that you would say and say, oh, well, you have migraines. Okay, well, then let's work on A, B, and C. I'd be like, wow, she's right. I have the migraines. How can I fix this? What should I do? We right. do that today. And it's that same pattern of over and over and over. So I really appreciate your form yeah. of healing. <laughs> yes. And then, and then I noticed like, um, you know, sometimes like um, I have, uh, like I had one client or I have one client, she's actually a friend, but anyways, um, she, she has mental health issues, but the thing is her mental, her mental health issues are, are not diagnosed with a specific label, right? But mm-hmm. so the thing is that she, her doctor keeps telling her, like, every time you think of something, write it down. And then she'd write down and then she'd start reading for me. And I'd be like, no, wait, 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 what? But this right, hap- right. it happened that like two weeks ago. Why are you reading it now? She'd be like, because right. my doctor made me, told me I need to make like a, like, a, like a book and write down every time I feel those things. And I'm like, but you're going back to the feelings, you're re-accessing them for what? You know, yeah, right. like you're re-accessing right. those feelings. The same goes, it's, it's just something interesting because like the same goes with, you know, speakers that always re, like I, I wonder this, this is just something I wonder, right? You know, like let's say something negative happened in your life and there's some some speakers or some uh, people that like you always use that to drive their growth, right? So they they use that to drive their growth and there's others that use that to build who they are today. So they, they keep going back. So for example, um, let's say someone passed away, okay? And you keep going to access that. You So every time you speak, you talk about that situation, that one that made you who you are today, right? But aren't you always reaccessing that memory and that energy and that feeling of sadness that you felt then? Mm-hmm. Every time you keep reassessing it. So sometimes I feel it's important to like, even as a speaker or even even as, you know, it's, it's important to go back to it, but to be able to just touch on it and move forward, not to go into the energy and say how you felt. And like, you can literally see it on people's faces. It completely changes. And then when they move on, then they start talking, but, th- but that baggage is holding. It's just there. It'll always be there until you like move past it and say, I moved on. And that was it. Do you know what I'm saying? And here so, we are. Right. We're yeah. right. But in a way where you're not completely going back and hashing the details of the story, 
It's like saying, yes, I went through something really difficult. I lost someone, but I focused on this and, and that and that and that and that. So not going into the story of it. That's important. Well, it's reaccessing the memories and, and going through it. And especially if it's trauma and you're getting hit. Yes over and over and over every time you go back. And, you know, I I know for me that when I speak on the podcast, I always talk about, you know, when I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, manic episodes, how I still have high highs and I still have low lows and I still have, you know, the temper, but, but I, I don't, or at least I try not to do it in a way where I'm reliving those memories. I'm speaking of look at where I was and look at where I am now. And every day is still a learning process, but there is a way for you to grow out of that, that darkness, that sadness, the mania, you know, and what, what truly learning and meeting with different types of people who are in, you know, the mental health and healing, you know, and shamans and all the woo woo. I take all the woo woo, like give yeah. it all to now, me. Now I do. So I had to, but I had to take, I had to take my steps to, to be able to gain it. Do you know what I'm saying? To be able right. to go into it and say, okay, now I get it. Now my right brain is like on overdrive. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's yes. like now woo woo. Okay. I take in whatever I want to, whatever I don't want to, I let go. Cool. You know, I was going to ask you, where are you originally from? Or did you grow up in South Africa? Uh, so I was born here and so were my parents and my, my grandparents. One of, one of my grandparents, one, one side of my grandparents were born in India. The other was born, was born here and then great grandparents from India. And what was the, what was it like growing up like culturally in regards to, you know, mental health and spiritual health? I mean, obviously your father, you know, created magic, you know, with what he did with his body and, and the truth behind it all. But I'm just, I always get so fascinated talking to people who do not live in my little bubble of Los Angeles, what it was like culturally. Was it acceptable? Was it talked about growing up? Was it something that was not talked about like uh, you know one of my my dearest friends she's from Mexico City and she she's my age she's in her 30s and she says still like she'll go back there and no one is allowed to talk about going to therapy like therapy is just exnade it is so evil and bad and you just you don't acknowledge that that happens so i'm always so curious what is what is it like in south africa right now what was it like culturally for you growing up Look, it's still it's still a little bit like that, funny enough, because like, for example, people like in South Africa, like nobody wants people to know they come to me, even as for healing. Mm. Like, wow. they, 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 I mean, I don't tell anybody who my clients are, obviously, but they really don't want anybody to know. So they won't ever tell anybody they come for sessions, even though it might be something simple, maybe it's even like for body pain or like um, it could be medically based, but some people just don't tell people because they so secretive because it's like, woo, it's like, Oh no, I don't want people to know because they'll think something's wrong with me. So there's definitely that concept in our society, in our communities, it's strong in them. Nobody wants anybody to ever think something's wrong with them. Everybody's always so concerned what everybody else thinks. So yeah, there's no way anybody's going to go like we went for help or I, I see a therapist. Not not likely. It's getting better wow. as time goes by. It's starting to get a little bit more, you know, a little because it's more 
talked about, but I think that's everywhere. However, like, um, yeah, I, I, I think it was very, you know, um, people are a lot in denial, even if their kids are diagnosed with, um, I'm not a fan of ADHD. I'm not even sure if I would, I would love that. I don't really entirely agree with that diagnosis always because I think it's a lot of the time the child is very smart and they're not, they, they're not, things are moving differently these days. I mean, things are so high paced and schooling is exactly the same. Like, mm-hmm. how, how are they not evolving with the time? So obviously you're going to have ADHD and things like that because, because why would kids sit and be like, listen to you when they're used to looking at such fast paced video games and going, do you know what I'm saying? I tell you, I don't know how parents can raise children nowadays. It must be so exhausting with all technology and social media and just, you know, things they can't even concentrate for two minutes on a, on a YouTube, you know, it's all going to be 15 seconds and 30 seconds. And it's just, and, it's wild to me. It's exhausting. And actually, actually social media and YouTube and TikTok and all these things are actually what made them that way. Because Everything right. is just, like you saying, now it's suddenly 15 seconds is the way to go. Like, why? 15 seconds? Really? Nobody has patience to watch something for 10 minutes? No, right. not anymore. Everything just has to move much quicker. It's it's even like um, there was this, um, someone asked me to do like a video for, a, for a, like an app, right? Where it's like a learning program, but I needed to do like, I think it was, I can't remember exactly, so I stand to be corrected, but I think the entire thing was 15 minutes, but it needed to be done in, I think, one minute slots. So I needed to give, like, one minute, one minute, one minute. Oh why? Gosh. Because why? Because someone can come in, watch for one minute and leave, right? And then come back and follow through for the next one minute. But so each each slot had to be a one-minute piece. So I was like, mm-hmm. what? What? So apparently people's time spends only work like that. They only have time to watch you for a certain amount of time. So they will, they don't want people to stop watching the video. They'd rather be able to come back and get the next lesson. Like, you know, it needs to be tidbits of information, but and then it's regarded as a course of 15 minutes. It was interesting. I was like, wow, seriously? Like, what? Yeah. You're like, no, but I have to say it all in 15 minutes. Like, let me be. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's just such wild <clears throat> times. It's just, it's, oh, well, that's, I mean, that's a whole other subject that I can get into. Yeah. Um, what is coming up next for you? What are you looking forward to in 2021? What can we look forward to? So, for me, I, I just want to keep growing, keep expanding, Keep, um, you know, I, I want, I want to be able to be uh, more, put more out there, so I can, I can, I can, you know, help more people, and um, you know, be able to um, grow as a healer and continue to help more people. As I said, just to be able to, um, you know, uh, I want to, I want to impact more lives globally, though, you know, mm-hmm. rather than just here. And, um, yeah, that for me is just the direction I'm heading in and just moving in that direction right now. Well, and like we said at the beginning of the interview, I'm sure it's going to be much easier for you to make such an impact globally because 
people are getting used to Zoom. They're getting used to this new yeah. um, this new normal of having conversations this way. And, you know, we were saying that it's so terrible. You can't physically feel that energy, but I'm sure, sure. that there is a lot that you can do and you can contribute to those who are living on the other side of the world and, and continuing to do this. So I am just, I am so ready to hang out with you and meet you and go to all these conferences with you and stalk you and make you do everything for me and just heal my whole energy and clear it. <laughs> I would, I would be honored to, I'm serious. I would love to. And if you would, if you ever feel called to, I would, I would absolutely love to gift you anytime. Oh my gosh. Oh, you're an angel. So I'm going to ask you um, the final question. Uh, what is your emotional support? So I'm going to, I would say definitely, you know, conversation with people. However, I, I have to say right now, I think it's just faith and trust. Like, mm. like when, I, when I'm in that space, I feel supported and emotionally like, completely supported. When I'm feeling uneasy, I need to bring my back, myself back to faith and trust. That's, that's what I can say. Um, however, I absolutely love conversation. I am a talker. I have been a talker. I used to get into trouble for talking in class forever. Okay, like all the time. And, you know, and like, like, yeah, funny. And I want to be a speaker. So it's even more funny. So it's like, you know, okay, you're a speaker. and You always spoke, you know. Listen, I'm a talker as well. So I understand I used to get in trouble all the time because I just couldn't stop moving my mouth. I had way too much to say. I remember one teacher... She said, you have bubble diarrhea. I was like, okay. <laughs> You're like, thanks. I guess. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on Emotional Support. I really do appreciate it. I am just so blessed that Bryant, um, Bryant Wood, who is on my show, he was one of my first guests, and he's just he's such um, a magical, magical being. And he, anyone that he uh, recommends and puts me in contact with, I know is going to just be um, out of this world. So I thank you so much. Thank um, you. And I can't wait to meet you soon. Emotion Health Support.